The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. All right, guys, five days until the start of the season. It has both felt like a very long off season, but it has also felt like, man, we're right upon this. Uh, you are listening to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and I am so excited about the panel we have in front of us. You heard it in the open, but real quick, I've got Kelsey Charles in front of me, Aisha Morrison, and Jess Nalferes, uh, who we're going to get into how we got you guys to join the show in a second. <laughs> But for people that are tuning in, I like to go ahead and set the table and say, here is what we're going to unpack today, just so you have an idea of where the conversation is going. Uh, a few menu items. Obviously, we're going to talk Jason Peters. He is in the building. He was at practice. Uh, I thought there was a lot of things that came out of that that we're going to break down here in a little bit that I think are interesting, not only as to what it means to the offensive line, but just to the room in general, how that offensive line now shakes up. Obviously, you're bringing in a nine-time uh, pro bowler in Jason Peters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be getting the start there at left tackle come Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about the Bucks' offensive line and some of their own concerns, uh, as well as just offensively where this team is headed. And then I loved, loved, loved some of Dan Quinn's thoughts about this defense uh, in year two. But all those topics and more here in just a bit. What I love about this show is Derek Eagleton has slowly been building up really a juggernaut as it relates to this media department. I get to cover 32 other teams or 31 other teams in the league, rather. And so I've had the privilege to see how other departments do it. And the Cowboys really have been cutting edge in some of these areas. And you've seen the stacked lineup. And so when he came to me and talked to me about doing an all female show, I loved it. But I also didn't want it to be a novelty. Uh, I've been part of being what I call a novelty hire before, where it was like, we just want a woman to say that we've got a woman. I also didn't want to be part of a show where I didn't think that there were enough women bringing smart football takes. Uh, so we sort of put it out there. And Kelsey was obviously someone that I've wanted to work with for years. So I guess this is our first time like officially that's doing something. Like that, that seems weird. way overdue. <laughs> I know. So I, I I selfishly got very excited about that. Uh and then obviously I had put out an Instagram sort of, hey, you know, I'm just I'm curious. Does anyone have any have anyone you'd like to send my way? And I'd like to start with you, Aisha. Uh you reached out to me, slid into the DMs. Uh sometimes that works, folks. Shoot your shot. Uh and I was so impressed with not only your resume, but also your hustle. For those that aren't familiar with you, and I was so impressed with how many Cowboy fans were, give us a little bit of a quick bio about your life and how you got here today. Okay. Um, well, I am originally from Dallas, Texas, born and raised. I'm in the Oak Cliff area. I am a veteran of eight years, and um, I got injured in 2018. It really changed a lot of my life, deciding what's best for me, what I'm good at. And because of my disability, I had to figure out what the next plan was. And I remember asking myself, like, what are you good at, girl? What are you good at? And I was like, football. Football. It's all I really know like that. Born and raised a Cowboys fan. And um, I just started getting into the game and studying it in depth in the last 10 years. And I, 
I had a lot of people in the community last year like, get on Twitter. Just get on Twitter. Put your thoughts out there. You know, um, shout out to those guys telling me to put myself out there. And I just started meeting people in the community. And everyone's been so welcoming to me. So that's really how I got here, man. Just uh, I have no experience in this field. But all I do is live and breathe football. So just to be doing it every day, I feel incredibly blessed for this opportunity. Well, listen, don't sell yourself short because you had started your own YouTube <laughs> channel. And I loved some of your you know, your passionate takes mm -hmm. and you're clearly a woman who loves the game, who loves the Cowboys. And I wanted not only just a fresh fan perspective, yes. but a fresh voice of someone I think that's going to be having a really interesting career from here on out. Uh, it's funny, Bobby Belt, who you all know, I'm the biggest fan of and yes. his career is taking off. Uh, I felt like it was a very similar yes. path. Mm -hmm. And when I asked him about you, he had amazing things to say about you as well and I love the fact uh, that you brought your service dog here yes, my big guy this so is cool can't really see Congo there on the camera yet but it's the <laughs> most beautiful dog yeah. and it will literally body you up against the wall uh, <laughs> when you first when you first meet him to make sure that mama is safe but we are excited to have Congo in the building with us and in the studio uh Jess hi Jane <laughs> you were another one um R.J. Ochoa, who I'm a huge fan of, ton of respect. He's obviously got blogging the boys, and he has become quite the curmudgeon lately as it relates <laughs> uh, to Dallas. Uh, reached out to me and said, there's another person you have absolutely got to give a look at. And I loved not only the fact that you you knew your stuff, you worked in the local markets like I did, um, but that you had such a historical slant on the Cowboys you know I grew up in a house my dad always obviously watched the Cowboys but he wasn't a massive football fan yeah I get the sense that there was a lot of football <laughs> in your house yeah. and you're it was sort of indoctrinated at the dinner table with you so tell yeah. me a little bit about your trajectory and, and we're excited that not only are you doing blogging with the boys but you're also going to be here with us every day at four yeah yeah so my journey has always been the road less traveled on right so it's uh and jane you can relate to this starting in a local market not even being in sports i was a weather forecaster and i was a morning weather forecaster at that so those 3 a.m wake-up calls are unforgiving no but, they're the worst <laughs> um i started doing that right out of college uh, i'm from las cruces new mexico so go aggies i graduated from nmsu and then you know there came a time when i realized i want to be covering the Cowboys. And I'd always talked about it, right? So I always knew that's exactly where I wanted to be. But living in Las Cruces, there's not a lot of sports opportunities there unless it's collegiate, and that's not what I wanted to do. And so, um, you know, I finally found the right opportunity to make the jump to move to Dallas. It felt right. And when I came here, I started networking a little bit more through COVID. I really networked with everybody I could, making those cold calls and those cold messages on LinkedIn to just get my network going. Um, and RJ is somebody that I actually was just fangirling when he followed me back on Twitter. So it had been probably six months that I had sat on this idea of messaging RJ. I finally... I would shoot my shot with RJ. And I said, hey, is there any work I could do with blogging the boys? And he's like, yeah, let's meet tomorrow. So ended up doing the daily show, still going to do that, still doing that every day. And then that led to you. And, and here we are now. So just a beautiful, beautiful journey. And, and the road less traveled on, I wouldn't take any other path to get here. It's what I love because I, I don't think I have so many people reach out to me, journalism students or people who haven't had the opportunity or the luxury of putting themselves yeah. through journalism school, right? Yeah. I mean, I got denied from journalism school three different times at the University of Texas. Uh, so sometimes it's hard to get where you want to get, right? But yeah. I find that people that are persistent, that put in the hustle and the hard work, 
they end up landing where they're supposed to be. And Kelsey, for I find it hard to believe anyone that's listening to this podcast doesn't know who you are. But for any of the new listeners uh, that are, Kelsey has been one that I've just... You've got about 30 jobs. I do. Um, <laughs> it's true. And, of course, you used to do a show with Dave Hellman, yeah. RIP. He, of course, now is Fox royalty. I know. I mean, like. so proud of him. So proud. <laughs> uh, but tell tell the fans that are listening to the show and, like I said, that may not necessarily be familiar with you, kind of what your path was. Yeah. I mean, I relate to everything you guys have said. Um, I I love when people tell me no. I actually mm. was a journalism student yeah. in college, and I interned for the Cowboys. That was how I got in the building I it's I've gotten to the age where I'm not old, but I hate telling people how long ago it was because <laughs> I've it's double digits at this point. But I've been around the team for a minute, and I interned for them in broadcast production. So that was my first ever gig, and you know luck would have it when I was graduating. Um, uh, there's a job available in marketing. So I came onto the team full-time and worked in marketing, ran training camp, draft day, did a lot of event planning. But at the same time, I met Derek Eagleton. And I told him, I was like, listen, like I'm a journalism major. I'm a broadcast journalism major. This yep. is a passion point of mine. And the podcast happened, and the rest was kind of history. But I will say... Uh, I have never done media full time. I mean, it's been something that I've just had a passion for and I've made the time for. I find that if you actually love something, you make the time for it. Yep. And so that's exactly what I've done here. And I'm grateful for amazing people like the Janes of the world who lift while they climb and, you know, can be a shoulder to lean on and ask for advice. And also the guys like Derek who, you know, will put your name in the hat for opportunities. So um, excited to be here, excited to be with you guys. I have a lot of respect, even just for the quick interactions that we've had. You came on my show and I was so impressed, um, even our, our our production meetings. So we're looking forward to just providing you guys really good perspectives and good content. Um, and obviously with a lead like this, like how can you go wrong? Well, and Kelsey and I talked about this, what was important for me and for if you're tuning in, you're sitting here going, oh God, it's going to be more talk, girls talk than boys talk. Mm -hmm. That's not what we want. I wanted to set the table and let you guys know who is on the panel, why it was important that we had them here, but also just an idea of how enmeshed these girls are as relates to the Cowboys and football and making sure that if you're missing the press conferences, if you're missing the news of the day, that we've got you covered here every single day at four. And just because uh, you've got four girls talking uh, to you about football, we hope that you don't notice a drop off. So mm -hmm. again, with that being said, I know that was a lot of girls talk. So let's get into the boys talk. But first, let's take a quick break. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. 
Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, just just a grit, uh, finishing plays, technique, uh, knowing what to do and playing fast, uh, keeping his nose clean and stuff, you know, on and off the field. You know, I'm going to help him out. I helped him a little bit today, just trying to get his technique and all that stuff in rhythm. I mean, I've been doing that since my, my fourth, fifth year. You know, it don't matter if I'm starting or not. Even when I was hurt going on the Super Bowl run, uh, I was helping Bata and Lane Johnson every day, so... It really don't matter what I'm doing on and off the field. If I'm starting, I'm going to play as a starter. If I'm, a, you know, off the field, I'm going to be, be coaching the guys up. Say what you will about the Cowboys, ladies, but I feel like there have been moments in the last couple of years where the Cowboys have fallen into fortuitous things yep. in the sense that, uh, you know, when they didn't get, obviously, one of the corners that they wanted, the Patrick Sertans of the world, the J.C. Horns, they ended up with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, or Micah Parsons, rather. The year before that, you got CeeDee Lamb. I agree. Uh, after Tony Romo went down, you happened to have a guy that was fourth on your depth chart, yep. fourth rounder in Dak Prescott. And then here we are. It was uh, right before the preseason game. I reached out to one of my sources, and I said, are you guys expecting to go and sign a big free agent on offensive line? Obviously, you've got, what, 20-something million dollars in cap space. The Cowboys have been so diligent lately in saying that they want to use that money as a coffer, in the event that they have to, let's say you're making a push midseason, uh, you want to add depth or you want to go out and get one of those big free agents that really pushes you, or you want to finally get out of cap hell, which is something we killed them for for years around here. When I asked about the offensive linemen, they said, do you know how hard it is to find an offensive lineman right now at this point in camp, which is true. And then, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, the Bucks were picking up the phone quite aggressively, I imagine, last week as well. Here you have a guy in Jason Peters who is from the East Texas area, 40 years of age, uh, played in the league, what, 18 years now, 11 of his 12 seasons with the Eagles. And not only were they able to acquire him and he signs to the practice squad this week as he sort of gets his body acclimated and gets back here, but you just heard him right there, ladies. Not only did he say in a serious XM radio a couple weeks ago that he essentially wanted to go to a team that was making a push or going to get a ring, but he wanted to help out the younger guys. And he's not even in the building one day, and he's talking about right there Tyler Smith and coaching him up. We'll start around the table. Just your impressions of this signing, Kelsey, 
given what the landscape was out there in terms of free agents, but to find a guy with this sort of experience, but also who wants to lift up the others. Not a lot of people want to do that as they get older, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys who are like, listen, I've done my time and I'm ready to just throw in the towel and sit back and have my popcorn on game day and watch someone else do it. You know, like my body is taking enough beating and I'm out. I'm out. Dare I make the comparison to a Brian Waters mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the Cowboys brought him in, you know, back in the Valley Ranch days. And listen, like obviously guys like that, they're free agents for a reason because they're they're at the end of their career, but they yep. still have juice in the tank. And I personally value, especially when you spend a first round draft pick on an offensive lineman, having that mentorship. You know, you talk about having guys in the D-line like D-Ware and you also have Charles Haley who are constantly up here mentoring guys. I love having that in the building. And quite honestly, I mean, he was a starter with the Bears. Like, he's going to be more than serviceable. Is he going to be, you know, performing at the top of his career? No. But at the end of the day, this O-line needs a lot of help. A couple years ago, we were always talking about how the O-line was, you know, the second great wall. And I have been – it's been sad for me as someone who likes to cheer on the team on game day to talk about how many different combinations of people we'd had to go through. So, personally for me, like, I'm all for it. I do think it's pretty funny that (laughs) you have to, like, go back on his words of, you know, talking about how the Cowboys carried themselves in years past. And, obviously, it's shocking to see the man in blue. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it looks good. He looks really good. He looks better am, than he did in green and black. I just want to point that out. I am not. It's going to be jarring for Eagles fans. A hundred percent. That's for sure. Yeah. Twitter was blown up with them yesterday. They're struggling with. They oh, I can only imagine. Yesterday. <laughs> I can they were only. I can only imagine. But I, you know, I have to ask you this, Aisha, as we move around the table here. From a, from just a, a fan perspective, I felt like so many people. I mean, we saw it on Twitter, and I mean, all of us can speak to seeing this. Right. There was such a frustration that there wasn't some monster free agent. It almost feels like while he, while he isn't some 30-year-old starting left tackle for you, you stole from within the division. Mm. That, to me, felt like a big win for the fans. Like, yeah. I can't tell you what my DMs looked like. <laughs> I, I love how people will slide into my DMs and think I'm going to give them information that I haven't yet said on television or on Twitter. Sure, let me of go course. ahead and give you the scoop here real shot, quick. Remember? But they were very excited about this. Were you excited and people you talked to excited? Um I, so I was initially excited. I was excited before the signing. Um, when we started looking at the Cowboys, kind of, I mean, Mike McCarthy dropped that hint, like, you know, stay tuned or whatever. I had already started looking at uh, the options available for uh, a tackle. And I personally thought this was the best option available because not only do you get the experience that he has on the field, but then also, too, you know, we talked about the mentorship. He's played within this division. So he's mm-hmm. played the defensive ends we're going to be playing against. And, you know, with the loss of Tyron, I myself felt like he's such a caliber of a player because he does teach. He does, you know, advise other guys, too. It's not just what he does on the field. And I was like, if you're going to replace him with someone, this is the only guy that I think can come in and people will respect the same way. Because you have to That's think – I think this is something that people don't think about is that these players – they have different respect factors. There's a lot of locker room feel, you know what I'm saying? So yep. I felt like if you bring in a guy like Jason Peters, he's going to meet, he's not going to have to earn the respect of his counterparts. They're already going to have it. So the mentorship comes a lot easier for him. Um, also, that's one of, the, one of the best parts of his game to me is how he helps out how he'll help out his guard. Like, sometimes he'll set up his guard to help to help out. He did that a lot with Chicago. So I feel like not only is he helping, is he open to help on the field, but he also is doing it off the field as well. I, I think it's an addition that we can't discount. You brought up something there I th- 
that actually was jogging my memory because when the defensive side of the ball saw some struggles in Mike McCarthy's first year, it was because you weren't bringing in, and people I think in this building will admit that a little bit more freely now since we're a few years removed, <laughs> uh, that the free agents were not a good fit. Yes. In other words, the chemistry, the balance was off. The goals were different. Uh, even I think, I mean, I think all of us have looked at the roster of the Cowboys. They've done such a good job at drafting, mm-hmm. but then re-signing a lot of their guys. And right. so there's not a lot of outsiders that typically come into the locker room. Yes. And if you talk to some of the outsiders, things are so different in Dallas. And I, without giving away a conversation that I had with one of them here recently, they talked about how different it was in Philly. And so I'm going to be interested to see how Peter's views this locker room compared to Philly because I do get to go to these locker rooms and it is very different. I mean, Philly is different than Dallas. We absolutely know. (laughs) And so I love the fact that he's already coming in here with a sense of here's how I plan to do things. But um, help me out because I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. Injured, uh, training camp. He was going to be the locker room guy. Came from Jacksonville. Oh, help me out with this. Why am I drawing a blank? Tater um, tots. Who I'm sorry. I know I'm, who I'm talking about. He I stayed do. here for a while. Oh, God, names. He came in with the same gusto. Yeah, remember? And then he got hurt. Yeah, defensive lineman. We'll get. I'll get the name here in a second. Um, but I just remember kind of the same energy. I would have been interested to see how that energy would have played out through the season if he had stayed because he talked around wanting to stay here, wanting to mentor up. I do believe that it's very authentic with Jason Peters. Um, And you drafted Jason Peters to be – you brought him in here to help Tyler Smith because the goal here is to make him the left Left tackle. tackle. And so I think that's what you have to explain to the fans. They're going to be like, well, why isn't he starting there? Yeah, Because yeah. that's not the goal. But when you look at the three projected starters with less than two years' experience in the NFL, you needed a guy like Peters uh, here in uh, in this building. I actually, yeah. Are either one of you torn? Sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no. I actually talked to I, – I, I had the same question. You know, a lot of people on Twitter are talking a lot about how, hey, listen, this guy played tackle in college. Yep. And, you know, he's coming in at guard. And I know that you, know, you actually turned me on to Duke Mannyweather. If you guys don't follow him, he's phenomenal. Absolutely I mean, he, he knows – Everything and anything. And I kind Very of was asking him, I was like, listen, how hard is it to actually move in between positions like that? Because a lot of people talk about position flex. Zach Martin is a freak and can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone is Zach Martin. Yeah. In fact, I would say many are not him. <laughs> and so I was like, are we valuing that in a time? But also win? keep in mind, real quick, yeah. he doesn't want to move positions right. for yeah. that reason. Right. Because while it was uh, Tyler Smith the other day who said it's like riding a bike. There are different hand placements. Yep. Your feet are in a, are, are set up differently. And yep. I know you're going to get into that a little bit, but Zach Martin doesn't want to move along the line. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, interior linemen, it's a lot faster of a game. You know, the rush doesn't develop, it develops way faster than on the outside. And so that's going to be a big factor. If you start to talk about moving into center, I mean, that's a whole other game. But I actually was, you know, I had the conversation with a scout too, because I was like, I want to know like different perspectives. And, and honestly, they did used to value that position flex. It was something where they were like, we like this, but now it kind of seems like it's more of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But when you spend a first-round draft pick on a guy like a Tyler Smith because they made decisions that they did with Lyle Collins, you know, the previous 71, and just the O-line needs help. So I'm wondering, you know, I was like, how is this – how are you starting to get him to guard? And they were like, listen – you have to get him to start because the O-line needs it, and you spin a first-round draft pick. So we're going to start him at guard, teach him, coach him up to that left tackle position, and move him in. But now that transition is going to have to happen, 
have to happen sooner rather than later. And that transition to you also have to throw in the terminology factor of it sure. and, you know, how much different it could be from, you know, I'm talking about Jason Peters from one team to the next and having to adjust to that. So Great I am glad point, to see I don't that think people realize that no, how different an offense is yep. yeah. from one offensive coordinator and a team to the other, because I think a lot of people feel yep. like. Well, you've been in the league X amount of years. Why can't you just plug and play? I love that you brought yep. up that talking point. And that's the thing real. is, is that ramp up phase that we saw very much so with Anthony Barr during yeah, training camp. It's good. so important to give him that time to properly ramp up because then, you know, you throw him out there too soon. He's not going to be prepared. He's not going to be set up to be the most successful. Right. So um, I, I think that and then, Kelsey, to your point as well, we were talking about the mentorship factor. I think it's also important for a player to walk in here and already have that respect from the coaching staff, mm -hmm. because in yesterday's press conference, is you heard Kellen Moore talking very highly of Jason Peters and his leadership. <laughs> yes. You heard Mike McCarthy say it. You heard, you know, everybody else in that locker room who did those press conferences and talked to the media, they said the same thing. So right. to walk in a room and already have that respect established, that is huge. That's not something you just get, especially uh, five days before your season kicks off. That is so rare. And I think they really found a diamond in the rough at a very, very good time. <laughs> Jane, Jeremy Mincy. Was that the one? No, it wasn't. But God, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> Mr. Mintz was, was everything. Like, he was one of my so favorites. No, this was this was literally had... two years ago. I want to say it was McCarthy's first year. Wow. William Boykins uh, and I Jackson have been trying to figure it out. So uh, that was our first attempt. We'll get we'll get it. I promise. We're you gonna guys. get there. I'm no, gonna get there. I mean, honestly, though, I think it's really important though, that you talk about the fact that he can come in and be turnkey. That is yeah. the value that one of these guys in free agency can bring to the table. That is a veteran. I will say it did make me nervous before I had conversations with other people about you know his current state of his abilities because mm -hmm. you we have talked about how this team doesn't make move in free agency, right? Right. A lot of fans right. get upset about that, and then you saw a couple years ago when everyone was like, oh, Dontari Poe. Oh, yeah. We made oh. a move in free agency. Yeah, that was bad. Right? And then it's like this big name that was great like eight years ago. Yeah. And he comes in and it's just like not even a thing. Who is it? Gerald McCoy. Oh, yes. oh, that's what you're talking. You talk like about OU on the tip of my yeah. tongue. Yeah. He was wonderful. He was from the he was from the Panthers. That's why I was so confused. Yes, I was yeah. sitting there but, going tip of my tongue. Panthers, not Jackson. But Kelsey, uh, to your point about um, that's what makes it hard for me. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I am a bit torn because I see I do want Tyler to get that experience. I am like Brian Broaddus. I feel like he's capable. I do. The work ethic is there. The know how is there. He actually made. If you look at some of the preseason games, there are a couple things he was doing where he looked like he was like ceiling edge. I was like, what are you doing? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but you're a guard. But I um, I was looking at the tape on um, Jason Peters right. and, you know, his last year. He had a couple good games. I say the Bengals game, the Rams game, 49ers game. He put Chandler Jones in a seatbelt. We I appreciate mean, that. Yeah, absolutely. Things you love to see. Yes. That. Um, I, and we could have used him because Chandler Jones wrecked that Cardinals game, if you guys don't remember. So I feel like, I feel like I'm struggling with – I don't want it to be one of those things where it is like the Tony Romo thing, where you do have, you know, that guy sitting there waiting for Tyler. And I don't want us to be harping on every time Tyler makes a mistake or he gets a hold or whatever, because it's kind of like, it's, I guess, to be expected. He's going to make some mistakes, but I, I really want us to be in a place to where we look at him, we just allow him to develop because I'm... I don't know. I think Jason Peters being on that bench is going to put some fire over there, you know? Well, and I think if you want to go back to the whole Tony Romo, Dak Prescott situation, uh, you you had Tony Romo talking to Dak, Cracking. you know? So a, a lot of people tend to forget, too, that I, 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 I'm a big Dak gal. You will learn about me. I'm big. <laughs> I will always defend my quarterback gal. 
uh, like a little bit. So little you're not much. a Romo apologist. You are. No. A oh no no no. I'm Dak both. Truther. But no, I do. Both. <laughs> I'm both. I'm both. I do both. You can't be both. I am can't. both. What is your quarterback affiliation? Here's the thing. I do both because my daddy taught me well, which is you defend your quarterback if you are a Cowboys fan. You're not going to. I need the to drop. Yeah. Tio <laughs> drop right now. That's my quarterback. <laughs> um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, having that veteran uh, experience in your ear is so important. So I, I think as fans, you know, the fan side of my brain is going to come on for a second. We get so excited to say, oh, we got what we wanted. We got a veteran. We're all good. Everything's fine. Yeah, well, he still has to ramp up. You don't want him to go in there prematurely. You don't yeah. want him to go in there and get injured because guess where we would be right back again? Square one. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to set anybody up for failure. Yep. And and at the other hand of that, Tyler Smith, let the guy prove himself. Exactly. Uh, diamonds are made under pressure. And I firmly believe that this <laughs> is going to be a make or break for him because you have the pressure of the fans on him saying, oh, he's not going to be able to do this. And, oh, you know, there's so many better options. What options? There, awesome. There's not. This is what we have. And as fans, we just got to give him a chance. Lay off of him a little I bit. Think a, I actually think an interesting comparison is, remember when De- DeMarcus Lawrence went down mm. right before the start of the season? Or oh, what was it? Yeah. Week one, start of the season? Yeah. And everyone thought, there we go. That's it. Yeah. Mm, those rookies. It forced Micah Parsons and other yeah. guys to mm. step up. Yep. And I don't think you would have seen Micah rushing the passer the way that he was if you had DeMarcus Lawrence necessarily in the lineup. It was sort yep. of, a, a, it was need-based. And then we'll get into a little bit about what uh, Dan Quinn had to say about, you know, this Cowboys defense in year two, which I think is really, really exciting. Um, but I think you could see a little bit of that there. And by the way, I think it pushed Demarcus Lawrence. You mm. know, even Micah had told me this summer it was Demarcus Lawrence who reached out to Micah Parsons and said, you know, man, I'm going to take a pay cut. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel? Almost like yep. reminding him, like, I'm still here, bro. <laughs> I'm taking a pay cut, but I'm still here, bro. And like, I'm not trying trying to create controversy there but I'm saying I think a guy like that pushes others but I love having a guy that's coming here with a completely different dynamic in that I get the sense from Peters and again this is this is early but I get the sense from him that he truly wants to build these young guys up yes. and and yeah. compete for that matter yeah. uh, but he feels more like an Andrew Whitworth you yeah. know yes. like coming yep. into the yes. building like I yes. want to see these guys succeed now obviously Whitworth you know, oh, started. Jane, um, don't open that box. I know. Cowboys fans, please <laughs> but, don't do but that I again. Just, I love this <laughs> idea that he's coming in here with the goal of I'm still chasing something great. And I loved his comments that he even said this week. Yep. You know, you can't let the league chase you out. And as a 41-year-old woman, I get that. Like, I felt that deep in my soul. Uh, so real quick, uh, we've talked a lot about, obviously, Jason Peters, but I think it's such an important storyline heading into week one. Yes. Because the sky was falling this time last week, right? We're talking the preseason game. It's, oh, my God, it's, you know, Matt Willetsko, who, by the way, didn't do a terrible job over there. No, Not he's, terrible. He, no. He's, he's going to be there. He's going to yeah, be there. At least what you're doing is maybe you're creating a little bit of depth here, and they're doing it, you know, being fiscally responsible, which is something shocking as we talk about the Cowboys in recent years. Uh, but the Cowboys aren't the only ones dealing with offensive line issues. Right. Jess, I had you sort of dig into this as we look at like tales from the other side. What's standing out from you about some of the things that they're saying about their offensive line as they're heading into week one? Because I think everyone just says, oh, well, you know, Super Bowl champs two years ago. Tom Brady, this is, right. is going to be so yeah. overwhelming. Tom Brady, who is like the king of preparation, who knows what's going on with his situation – He's been missing from camp. I, I don't think you put too much credence into that because of who he is. Right. But up front, when you talk about continuity and chemistry and getting 
meaningful reps in with the guys in front of you, and now they're all going down injured, you've got a real situation as you look in front of us. So maybe you could break down a little bit. Just tell us from the other side as we talk about the Bucks. Yeah, so and I was talking to Aisha about this earlier. Is as, as Cowboys fans, we tend to be so honed in on our own team, which is great. Know your stuff. Know your team. We love that. But also look at what's going on on the other side of the ball because yep. it's not picture-perfect land in Tampa Bay either, right? They are going to be struggling with their offensive line, uh, if not more than the Cowboys are, you know, and, and I say that with grace because we haven't really seen what they're going to do yet. Exactly. But Tom Brady actually went on the Let's Go podcast and he was talking about this. And and um, I heard this earlier this morning. He was talking about, well, we have our younger guys and we have to put faith in the younger guys. Guys, they're in the same boat we it's are. Us, and no one's talking about it the it's same. It's because it's, they're not the Cowboys, yeah. right? So <laughs> when you're the Cowboys, you, you kind of get the, the center of attention media coverage, right? And, and so here's the thing. Tom Brady was the first to admit, hey, my O-line isn't perfect, but we're going to figure it out. And of course, he's not going to go on, on this podcast and bash his own guys. I mean, you're not going to see that from Tom Brady or any starting quarterback, any quarterback in this league. However, he did give credit where credit was due on this podcast. He talked about Dak specifically, how he's just loved honing in on on Dak since his rookie year. He talked about CeeDee being a dynamic receiver. Um, and then he also said that he gives credit to the defense. And he, of course, brought up Micah. Why would he not? I would be terrified if I was Tom Brady of Micah Parsons or any quarterback that uh, Micah has to be in there with. And he also made sure to say... Uh, Trayvon Diggs, you know, so Tom knows what he's going against. He knows that that offensive line isn't necessarily the most sturdy when it comes to the dynamic defense that we are looking at, that we've seen. And even in preseason, we got a good little view of it because those aren't even our starters and they are making great things happen. So it was uh, it was interesting to hear uh, Tom talk about that. He also mentioned Zeke. So. Yeah, well, let's just talk about that offensive line, what we saw in week one. Alex Kappa from the Bengals uh, lost him to free agency. Um, That's where he went. Ali Marpet, gone, decided to retire. Ryan Jensen, (laughs) IR with a knee issue. And so now you're dealing with uh, a very young offensive line. I think they've – what did he mention? He was saying, I've got a lot of faith in uh, the – the left guard, the the young guy that's working his way. He didn't even yep. know his. He, he wasn't even mentioning his name yeah, uh, like at this podcast. So, string, yeah. which that to me is like telling it itself because yeah. literally when he was going down the podcast and, and breaking down the Cowboys team, yeah. he was very like a la Sean McVay, right? Where he's just naming all parts yep. of yeah. The I love Cowboys. Shaq Mason. I love Robert Haynes. Yep. And then, yeah. then he's got yep. this left guard guy. He's like he's, he's like, gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's gonna be key too if you think about the fact that like the defense has become a strength of this Cowboys team and going up yep. against the offensive line that's a little bit, you know, battered and broken in, in terms of Tampa Bay, what they're dealing with. Tom Tom requires time. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Tom requires time. And I think that not giving him that time is going to be a really big key to this game. Making him uncomfortable, making him prove himself to be yeah. the best player in the NFL, which I'm sure he'll do a, a fine job at. But He's especially done. after he got all that scrutiny for missing part of mm-hmm. training camp, sure. everybody was so quick to say, you know, well, let's see what he does when he comes back. And yeah, as they should, we're going to speculate. And the Cowboys fan side of my brain is saying, well, I kind of hope that uh, you look back and you're like, dang, I should have I should have participated in those training camp days because uh, <laughs> we lost that game. Right. But no, it's it's important. And it, it is good to note there that we don't know. And, and we've seen time and time again, Tom does take time. And, and it's usually the December Tom Brady that we really fear the most because that's when you don't want to play Tom Brady. But, you know, we'll see what what comes of this. And yeah. Uh, 
We're well, excited to watch. I'm certainly interested in this game. And, we're, you know, it's Tuesday, so we're getting into a little bit of a preview of the game. Wednesday's when we really start jumping into it. So tomorrow, we're really going to start talking about the offensive matchups that we're looking forward to as in the, you know, obviously de- defensive matches. Match. God. It's all right. You've got I talk, this, right? James. <laughs> and defensive matchups. But let's go ahead and take a break here. But as we talk a little bit about defense, I want to get into some of the things that Dan Quinn had to say about what stands out mm. about this team. And then I'm really excited about two franchises uh, that I'm letting both Aisha and Jess take over this season. One is going to be Tweets of the Day, uh, which, you know, if you send us a tweet— uh, or you at one of the girls, we might bring it up on the show, things that we find interesting and some uh, interesting takes. And then past interference. I what do we mean name. by that? Shout you out to see. my mom for that. I, I have love. to cover the plug for that. I love Mrs. Navarez. All right, so stick around. We'll be right back. Little Sweets. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets has head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I am your host, Jane Slater, joined by Kelsey Charles, Aisha Morrison, and Jess Navarez. Uh, let's get into quick uh, updates as it relates to some of the injuries. I know that's important to a lot of folks. Cornerback Jordan Lewis, who uh, injured his hamstring in practice a couple weeks ago, looks like he is 
on track to possibly come back this week. That's a good thing for the Cowboys. So they said they were going to ease them in. Obviously, players had no avail today. Uh, they'll be back at it Wednesday, which is their typical get-into-game-ready uh, form. So we'll have, of course, all those updates as it relates to him tomorrow. Michael Gallup, you know, he had the torn ACL um, last season. He passed his physical, no pup. Why is that important? If you are going on the physically unable to perform a list, that means that you are ruled out for at least four games. It does not sound like he's going to be back for week one. But week two, I don't think, is a big stretch at this point. So it sounds mm-hmm. like week two, week three, possibly for Michael Gallup. Again, we will keep you updated every single day as we are out here at the Star getting updates for you on that. All right, tweets of the day, Aisha. What, I'm excited for this. What has I know. stood out to you in the Twitterverse? Uh, I got to be honest. Sometimes I'm on there. Sometimes I'm not. So I know someone <laughs> like you lives and breathes it. I know most most of the girls on this panel do. What were some of the interesting news, notes, musings All right. that came out? All right. So uh, listen, everything excites me. So this is very <laughs> difficult for me to pick. Can relate. Can <laughs> relate. <laughs> for me to pick anyone. Um, but uh, Jory Epstein, she had a tweet yesterday I believe and she says expect Cowboys wide receiver CeeDee Lamb to move around in scheme with skill set to contribute from both inside and outside goal combat expected double teams with versatility we fully anticipate him to be targeted Mike McCarthy said he's the guy the last line is what what did it for me is that they are saying this is the guy you know like I feel like with the Amari Cooper situation it felt like we are all been waiting like for them to kind of say like this is the guy I've heard the players talk about him being the guy but just to hear Mike McCarthy say that like the concern is that people are like we have a number one wide receiver we want to see him use like a number one wide receiver like a Devontae Adams or something like that and so hearing Mike McCarthy say that really stood out to me as a fan when you're looking for CeeDee Lamb to start to take that next step and to be targeted and also I mean mentioning scheming and stuff like that Kellen Moore has some responsibility here with this young receiver core to make to make things work for them. So I that that tweet stood out to me initially. Let's talk um, about that real quick. Oh yeah, I actually absolutely. really yeah. want to talk I'm about like, that. Let's, yeah, let's, same. Let's deep dive I was like ripping my seat over here. Like I'm like as we talk about oh they're finally making up. Like now I'm like when you talk about the Bucks though they got Mike Edwins, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. The Cowboys receiving core doesn't stand out to me. Now I think that this could be their opportunity in the sense that. And they tried to sell us this a couple years back, the whole wide Articles. receiver by committee. This is better. This is better anxiety. They have a better wide receiver room than they had the by committee year. And I think, again, Michael Gallup is right around the corner. I am one of the biggest Michael Gallup fans. Like, I have stood on that, that hill for quite a while. He's also just wonderful. He's so a that, wonderful he's human. That he's easy to cheer for. But I just wonder, because Noah Brown has always been really, really efficient in training camp um, and in the preseason. If because they don't have enough tape on him, they're not going to give him the respect that he deserves. Mm-hmm. So they are focused on the CeeDee Lamb. They are focused because I think the run game is going to be key. I think right. obviously you've got more tape on Tony Pollard thanks to last year. Ezekiel Elliott is going to be important as you're kind of dealing with this offensive line. You need him in there for pass pro. But I just wonder if this is going to be one of those games if where he stands out. But also, I love the fact that this Kellen Moore has even talked about we see Kevontae Turpin mm. as a wide receiver. Yes, Everyone's sort of... Uh, I'm not going to say they laughed at me, but I had some people send me texts like, come on, Kevontae Turpin at, at Texas, uh, I mean, at training camp. I had reached out to TCU officials that said before he got himself into all of that trouble, 
this was a guy who really flashed as a wide receiver. And they said, go back and look at the Texas game. That was a tough game uh, against Texas and TCU. And so I think that this is a guy that's sort of flying beneath the radar a little bit. I think obviously he stands out as a specialist. uh, But I think Kevontae Turpin might be a guy just because, what do they say, speed kills. Mm -hmm. I think he could be somebody that could really have a standout game for you. And as we're talking about the Julio Joneses, the Chris Godwins, and the Mike Evans, I don't think they're going to be talking enough about the Noah Browns, the Kevontae Turpins. There's some ambiguity absolutely um, going into this season, I will say, with the wide receivers because there's just not a lot of tape on them. And so I do think with Kevontae Turpin I've said this when he first got signed the Cowboys have been scouting him for a while it sounds like they've been looking at him I'm sure some of the people being linked to TCU had something to do with that Daryl Johnson USFL absolutely but also um if you listen to Kevontae Turpin's interviews his very first ones he is very he is echoing every time I want to show what I can do as a receiver I can return in my sleep I know I'm a specialist and I think that's something that we don't think about when we start talking about how are these players going to be used what are they going to be doing does this guy sign the dotted line if they don't say like hey we're going to use you as a receiver so I feel like this is important to look at the fact that he he wants to be a receiver, so I I expect to see him doing receiver things. Also, we we saw them trying to get him involved. Right. I, it's so weird to me. Everyone's like, "Oh, they're not going to use him." Like well, we're preseason, just they're not going to show their hands. And why right. would you even even Bones Fossil yesterday said oh, the, the, the secret got out. He was kind of <laughs> Kevante. You know, Kevante's trying he is to my show. Favorite press conference, by the way. He's so he's another such a wonderful. dad. It's like yeah. a dad. It's like listening to a yeah. dad. Yes. I was literally cooking, listening to him. I was like, "This is nice." <laughs> But, um, yeah, like, I I do agree with you. I think there is some ambiguity, I guess, with some of these young players and people not knowing what to expect from them. Um, Kevontae Turpin, Turpin, when you look at his tape, he gets separation. Even if you go look at the preseason games when the ball wasn't going to him because Cooper Rush didn't see him, Jalen Tolbert too. Like, there were quite a few guys who were wide open, and I could see Kevontae Turpin being that. We need a big play right now. We need a big play, and we're just going to get our defense back on the field so they can get us the ball I again. I like that there's not so. a ton of tape, like you said. I mean, listen, yes, I yeah. feel like when you look a lot with Michael Irvin back in the day, he always was like, you knew he was the guy. Mm-hmm. You knew Des Bryant was the guy. You knew Amari Cooper was the guy. And Michael made some comments, and he was like, listen, Alvin Harper, like, make them pay. Make them pay for disrespecting you. Yeah. And that's kind of what I view this wide receiver core as right now. Where uh. yeah, it's kind of like a little nameless, faceless kind of at the at yeah. the moment in time. Because a couple of years ago we're saying, you know, three wide receivers that can each hit a thousand yards, and now we're like uh, which wasn't <laughs> yeah. necessarily always a good thing, right? Because that means you're playing from behind. Sure. So you don't, yeah. you yeah. want some balance. And I think this is going to force them to run the ball mm. more, yeah. which is what they need to do. So maybe this is going to necessitate more of a 50 50, more balanced offense. So uh, we'll see. I feel like I'm cutting into your tweets because I know we've, we've got what, two no, minutes left? We can just talk <laughs> Give about me it. one more tweet. Then we're going to get into a pass interference. And like I said, ladies, we have got three more days this week to drop it off. But I do love that I have got a group here that can talk so much football. We can go outside of 45 minutes. So one more tweet for you. Then let's get into past interference. Okay. Um, uh, um, let's <laughs> it was see. such a good one. Thanks, Jory, for the really content. Tater tots. Y'all don't rush me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I like this tweet from Patrick Nosey Walker. He actually just left. Our yeah. guy. Um, yeah. He, it was a quote from Tank now. Like, I think Tank is one of those guys that, not that we're forgetting about, but he's the old guy in the room now. And it's funny because they he did the interview yesterday. Um, I think somebody mentioned them being underdogs, the Cowboys being a couple of points underdogs. And uh, Tank's response was, we are? Okay, we'll see. But then, 
but then let the dogs eat. Um, he said, I don't care about that underdog, upper dog, whatever. And I was like, <laughs> upper dog. It's of course. Of so course. good. And uh, Tank is always going to have, you know, that one quote that makes you be like, oh, OK, he's. He's serious. He's serious, and you know he's coming this game. So I this stuck out to me because I know this defense has to be like, are y'all for real? Like, are we're the under like we're the underdog going into this? And and I think this defensive line, when we talk about the issues that the offensive line has on, like on the Bucks, they have the opportunity, the yeah. Osas, the Nevilles of the world. As, Real quick, Neville Gallimore played a lot of snaps in the preseason. I don't know if you guys noticed. It was it, He played more than what I would think any other starter would, and I think it was because he wanted to get the reps because he missed so much last year. Yeah. Look for him. Not that he wanted. The Both of them needed to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But maybe yes. it, it, it like, was, where are you at? I agree yeah. with you. Absolutely. I, like think, they, I think that they very much have been assessing him because they need him to step up this yes. year. Now, he's one yeah. of my favorites on this team, yes. too. So oh, I'm hoping he has – a huge year, but I love that you noticed that because mm-hmm. I do. I am interested to see what they do with Neville Gallimore yes. moving forward. And yep. the preseason, I don't think people realize they don't show you anything. Nothing. It's so the, basic. It's football. so hard to glean yep. what to expect from them during the regular season. Uh, we'll get to more of your tweets tomorrow. Oh, Those yeah. are some good ones. There's see some... all the see all the the discourse we had as a result of that <laughs> uh, past interference time. All right. So what past interference is going to be is I'm going to look into all things Cowboys versus the Bucks this week and whoever we're playing that week, I'm going to try to dig up a little history facts. I will warn you Cowboys Nation. You might not like some of them, but we're, we're going to try, okay? <laughs> so, for this uh, this beautiful day, I have two facts for you, okay? The first being that Tom Brady has played 363 NFL games, and in that time, he has an undefeated record against five teams. Of course, we know that the Cowboys uh, are one of those teams, so I know y'all are not going to like me for that. Hate, I apologize. <laughs> However... Loathe entirely. How- <laughs> Sound like the Grinch. <laughs> However, here's the thing. I am going to be my Cowboys fan self and say Dak Prescott is going to be the one to change that. And uh, Ooh, there you go. And the Cowboys defense is going Speaking to be the one to change that. My friend. Okay. And we love a manifesting moment, right? Yeah. So the second one I have for y'all is actually speaking of Dak. He was only eight years old when <laughs> Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Can that is wild. Can okay, you believe it? I, what did I read? I read that uh, when Jason Peters entered the league, Alex Smith was only three years old. Yeah, That's wow. like when I start looking at the rosters and I realize these kids were born when I was in high school. It's just so – I remember being the same age as these guys when I started out in the business, and now I'm same. like the elders. Yep. It was uh, Orlando Scandrick who called me an auntie one day when I walked through the locker room. He said, you oh. used to dress hot. Now you're looking like an auntie. I didn't quite know how to take that. I think it, like, spoke to the fact, like, he viewed me in a professional light these days. But you're like, I was looking you? like an auntie. Yeah. Thanks. It's, no, uh, it's yeah, so those are just some of those random nuggets I'll give you during the show. Guys, I really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, this I love the group that we assembled. I hope those of you that listened and tuned in for the first time, you come back tomorrow. That's important to us. Uh, We want this to be great. We want this to be good football talk. We want this to be appointment listening for you guys. So thanks for tuning in to the first Girls Talk Boys Talk. Tomorrow we will deep dive a little bit more into the matchup ahead of the weekend because I know that's important for all of you that are setting your fantasy football lineups and (laughs) what what not, what have you as you get forward, uh, get Start looking forward to the weekend. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with me. I'm in preseason form still. I will get forward with you, though, for the record. Yeah, let's get forward. <laughs> uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye, guys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?